So if you have your Bibles, the book of Acts chapter number nine, the book of Acts chapter number nine. I love the book of Acts. I love preaching from the book of Acts because there's always something happening. Always something happening in the book of Acts. Every chapter, there's something, there's an outpouring, there's a miracle, there's something happening. There's somebody, Saul, being converted to Paul. And I just love what the book of Acts lays for the church. It tells us that we can see great and mighty things every single day. And as Bishop laid out last year, we're going to be a New Testament church, and we're going to make be a daily New Testament church. And this year, Pastor gave us the great vision that it's let's go time. It's let's go. And I believe that God is going to do great things. So book of Acts chapter number 9, verse number 32, it states, Now it came to pass, as Peter went through all the parts of the country, that he also came down to the saints who dwelt in Lydda. There a certain man named Aeneas who had been bedridden eight years and was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. And then he arose immediately. So all who dwelt and Lida and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. All who dwelt saw and turned to the Lord. For just a few moments tonight, I just want to preach to you miracles in a fruitful place. Miracles in a fruitful place. How many of us um, enjoy the, the, the better, the finer things of life? We enjoy having nice things, right? I think all of us would agree that we enjoy having nice things um, if, if the opportunity presents itself. For example, I would uh, much rather have a, I'd, I would rather have a great steak, probably about a 16 to 20 ounce Sirloin or New York strip, preferably New York strip, than going to Ponderosa and getting a steak from the Ponderosa. Will we all agree on that? All right. And if you're not a steak person or a New York strip person, we'll pray afterwards. That's fine. But we enjoy the fruits of our labor. We enjoy the fruits of life. But there is something to be said of being in a fruitful place where things are good, where things are bountiful, where there is always something good that is happening. And quite frankly, I have not achieved that point in my life where everything is always perfect. I, and if you have, you should be writing books on how you've achieved that. Because there are times in our walk and our relationship with God where things are not perfect. Where we go through trials, we go through situations, we go through hardships. It's just a part of life. However, there is a place where we can run to, and that is to the presence of God, where things are always perfect because his peace is there. And while our life and our situations may not seem perfect, his peace passes all understanding. And when you're in the peace of God, things can get worked out pretty easily. But there is a place that is a fruitful place. And tonight I feel that I have got a word from the Lord for somebody that is in this room where the enemy has convinced you that you will never live 
in a fruitful place. That you will never live in the abundance or the overflow of God or that you will never see great and mighty things in your relationship with God or that things that have happened to you or that you have done have disqualified you from living in a fruitful place. But we pick up in our text chapter and we see this story. And again, I love the book of Acts. I love the way that it's laid out. I love that there are so many incredible things that happen from moment to moment. Just earlier in this chapter, we see that Saul is converted on the road to Damascus. And we see just after this that Dorcas is restored to life. But in between this, there are four verses or five verses that just if we're not careful, we could breeze over, but tell an important story in the Bible. And if it's in the Bible, let me just tell you it's important. This story is, picks up of Peter. He is visiting the parts of the country to visit the churches and the saints who have, that have gone on and planted churches. He's now visiting them. He's not on the run. He is, in fact, just visiting them. But we see that he stops in the city, this town of Lydda. And that this, this day that he stops there, that there is this man who has palsy. And the Bible does not tell us much about this man. It does not give us a, a long narrative. But it tells us that this man had been bedridden for eight years and was paralyzed. And I don't know about you, but eight years is a long time to deal with something. Imagine going through a circumstance or a trial, and some of us have gone through health battles year after year after year, and we hear story after story after story of people receiving their miracle, and perhaps we're wondering when it's our turn. But I have just come to tell somebody tonight, there can be miracles in a fruitful place. And so we see and we pick this story up, and the Bible doesn't give us too much, but it tells us just enough that Peter is walking and we don't know how he got to where this man is. We don't know if he was, he was brought to him. We don't know. But he says he found a certain man who had been bedridden for eight years and was paralyzed. The other word there is palsy. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. He says, arise and make your bed. And then he arose immediately. A miracle happens. But what we see here is that this place, Lydda, it is pronounced Luda in the Hebrew, but Elida, we'll call it just because we're in Missouri and it's sometimes better to just say the word as it looks sometimes. But Lida is a place that had been through some trials. You see, Lida had been overtaken by kings in years past and it had been overtaken and been conquered. It had been burnt. But now in this story, the historians tell us that during this time, it was a fruitful place. Historians tell us that when Peter came, that it was fruitful. There was plenty. There was a bountiful of everything that would be growing here. It would have been green. It would have been lush. There would have been plenty of going on. And some of our lives look a whole lot like Lida, where there have been some trials. There have been some circumstances. There have been some stuff that has happened. And we look back over our lives now because we're standing in a fruitful place because we've come in contact with Jesus and we've got some stuff that's been working out. But we look back over it and we say, I don't know how I would have made it if it wasn't for the Lord. 
There are some of us that could testify in this room that if it was not for the Lord, we would be dead a long time ago. But we're standing in a fruitful place tonight because we found a Savior that reached down and pulled us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Ha! But you see, it wasn't always fruitful. It wasn't always a place where the apostles and the disciples would visit. It wasn't always a place where the Spirit of God would flow prevalently, and it wasn't always a place where we could encounter Jesus. You see, if we're being honest, some of us probably identify with Lida long before Peter ever got there than we do when Peter got there. We identify with the desolate place. We identify with a barren place. We identify with something that looks like our whole world has been turned upside down. But I have come simply to tell somebody tonight that you can still have a miracle in a fruitful place because when Jesus shows up, even the barren becomes fruitful. When Jesus shows up, trees begin to grow that were once dead when Jesus shows up anything is possible but we see that here is Aeneas this man who for eight years was sick with palsy which means his muscles weren't working we don't know what side of his body we don't know where on his body but all we know is that for eight years he dealt with this disease and finally Peter Simon Peter shows up and he tells him and he looks at him and again we don't know how he got there we don't know how he ended up in front of him but he said it's time to get up it's time to go and we see this story that unfolds and then Peter God, through Jesus, he heals this man. And all of a sudden it says that everything, everyone saw him that was in Lydda and Sharon and turned to the Lord. You see, the enemy would love to convince you that your situation, your, your problems, that they're, they're, they're yours. They're, they're, everything is, that nothing's gonna work out. And when it does work out, you just, you just got lucky. But see, there was this, this, this miracle that happens, and everybody saw it. And the Bible writer tells us that it was eight years that he dealt with this. So when people saw Aeneas the next time, something was different. We have testimonies in this room that could shake Kansas City. We have testimonies that are coming that will shake Kansas City. And what's going to happen is there's going to be a miracle that we see that somebody dealt with something for eight years, for 15 years, for 20 years. And the next time somebody sees them, they're going to say, I don't know what happened. But they're going to be able to say, I came in contact with a Jesus. And there was a miracle in a fruitful place. And all of a sudden, that miracle is going to reach and it's going to move. And it's going to move throughout Kansas City. And it's going to be noised abroad, as Pastor has told us time and time again. And all of a sudden, there's going to be somebody that said, I heard about Aeneas. I heard about this miracle. I heard about what God did through you. And we see that God begins to move. And so throughout our lives, and again, some of us could identify with the wasteland. Some of us could identify with the barren land. But Peter walks up to him and he says, my friend, it's time to arise. It's reminiscent of when Jesus was walking and he says, take up your bed and walk. But Peter says, make your bed. He says, make your bed. 
We could infer, you could infer a whole lot of things. That could mean he was at his house. That could mean that this man had a nice bed and Peter just said, make your bed. I, I don't know. But it reminds me a whole lot of when Jesus was walking the face of the earth. Because Jesus told the disciples that these things that I do, you're going to do and you're going to do greater. So if Peter, full of the Holy Ghost, is able to walk up into a lame man and say, it's time to get up, we can infer that we, the believers, the church today, can walk up to the lame and say, time to get up and it's time to walk. And see, Peter tells us and gives us this great story, and perhaps you're not dealing with an infirmity. Perhaps you're not dealing with sickness. Maybe you're dealing with some faith issues. Maybe you're dealing with a distrust in God. Maybe you're dealing with a lack of faith. Maybe you've just had time and time again where you've said, God, I've trusted you, and you don't feel that God's answered you the way that you need. Maybe you just need to look at whatever your situation is that's laying there and say, it's time to get up in Jesus' name. That's what Peter did. He did not give the man an opportunity. He did not ask him if he wanted to be healed. He said, Aeneas, it is time to get up in Jesus' name. And perhaps maybe it's just time for some of us to look ourselves in the mirror and say, it's time to get up in Jesus' name. I have dealt with doubt long enough. I have dealt with fear long enough. I have dealt with deception long enough. It is time to get up in Jesus' name. So we see, I, I love it. Peter didn't even give the man a chance. And, you know, we, we, sometimes we could, we could get in our own head sometimes when we're praying for people. Because we'll ask them, what is it that you need prayer for? And, of course, they mention, like, just the world's worst disease or something, and you're like, oh, Lord, I shouldn't have asked. You ever been there? You, know, you don't have to raise your hand, but I've been there. And I'm like, oh, let's pray. But Peter doesn't even give him the opportunity. He looks at him and he knows that this man needs a miracle and he knows that Jesus can do it. So he looks at him and he says, time to get up. Jesus is going to heal you. You see, the enemy loves to use doubt when, it, when, we, when we need something big. It's easy to pray, God, relieve this headache. That's easy, right? Like, and we think God, just, God can do it. He's like our personal aspirin. Listen, I've had God remove some headaches from my life. But we just, when we say, God, I've been staring at this mountain for eight years. How on earth am I? Why is today any different? Simon Peter tells us, he says, he looks at Aeneas and he says, it's time to get up. You have dealt with this long enough. You've been here long enough. You've been laying in this bed long enough. It's time to get up. And the enemy, I'm sure, in his mind tried to say, you know what? Because he didn't know that the whole city was about to be turned upside down. In his mind, he said, you know what? You've laid here long enough, and yes, you, you, don't, you don't even worry about it. But Peter looks at him and says, it's time to get up. And maybe some of us just need to look in the mirror and say, it's time to get back up. You see, when you, when you come into a situation and again, Lido, it was a fruitful place at this time in history. It was fruitful. But it wasn't always that way. And so here we are, and some of us, again, as I mentioned, we, we identify with the barren wasteland. But in Isaiah 35, the Bible tells us a little bit about and gives a prophecy of what will happen to the barren wasteland. 
It says that waters will spring up in the desert. It says that there will be life and that things will be able to be inhabited. And then it goes on and says that the lame will walk. It says that the deaf ears will be unstopped. The blinded eyes will be opened. And then it goes through and talks about what's going to happen, that there will be miracles and all these things. So when you're walking and you feel like you're in the barren and the wasteland and you feel like there is no hope, let me just remind you, we serve a God that still brings rivers in the desert. We serve a God that still causes life to come where the doctors have said no, where there has been death. We still serve a God that is able to make the desert blossom. And so we see, and you're saying, I've been stuck in the desert for far too long, but let me just remind somebody that if you're in the desert, you can still be in a fruitful place because when Jesus shows up, it can become fruitful just like that. Jesus walked the face of the earth. He walked into situation after situation where it was nothing but death, chaos, and all of a sudden when Jesus walked in, it was the devils who said, leave us alone, and Jesus said, it's time to get out of here. When Jesus walks in, you can have a miracle in a fruitful place. So we see that here we are. And we wonder how on earth I've been wandering through this dry season. I've been going through this time of hopelessness and I've been going through this time where it doesn't make sense. Let me just tell you, if you've repented of your sins and you've been baptized in Jesus' name and you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, you can have a fruitful place anywhere you go because you've got the Spirit of God with you. And let me just take it one step further that this house, the Life Church, is a fruitful place. Every time you walk in this doors, every single time you come to this campus, this, this sanctuary has been prayer conditioned. We've got a pastor that covers this church in prayer. You walk into a fruitful place every time you come to the Life Church. And so we see that the fruitful place, if you've been spirit-filled, it goes with you because the Bible says that these signs shall follow them that believe. Wherever you go as a believer, there are signs that are following you. So what Peter, what do we see? Peter's walking. What, however he gets to Aeneas, we don't know. He looks at him and he tells him it's time to get up. Now here's what I love. Some of us are wondering how on earth do I, how, how on earth do I get into that fruitful place? Do you know what the name Aeneas means? It means to praise or one worthy of praise. Now, I want you to just, now, listen, I'm not, we're not misinterpreting the Bible here, but I want you to just think about this for a second. My name is Nathan. My name means gift from God. And when I was trying to woo my sweetheart, Datha, I asked her if she'd like to receive a gift from God. And she said, yes. And I said, well, here I am, baby. Let's go. I am a gift from God. My name is Nathan. Names have meaning. But I picture in the Bible, Peter looking at this man saying, Aeneas, get up. It's time to be healed. Perhaps you're here tonight. And perhaps your praise has been down for a long time. His name meant to be praised or one worthy of praise. And we could say, we could look at this and we could say, you know what, my praise is fine, everything's fine, I just need God to move. 
Whatever, whatever your Aeneas is tonight, God wants to restore it to where it was. God wants to bring it back to where it was and even greater. Maybe it is your praise that needs to be fixed. Maybe, maybe the enemy has got you. Maybe he has just beat you down. And maybe some of us don't even know the last time it was that we spoke in tongues. Or maybe don't even know the last time we were able to lift our hands and just feel the release of the Lord. We just, every time we lift our hands, it's a struggle. We just feel the enemy. We feel him trying to pull us down. And, and I know that, that that's a little dramatic, but that's, that's how it can be sometimes. Or maybe some of us, have, it's been a while since we've been able to just step into the presence of God and feel the peace of the Lord wash over us because of everything that's going on. Or, or maybe sometimes it's just, we need to look at our faith and we just need to say, faith, it's time to get back up. You know, I'm not talking about faith to believe that. I'm just talking about how the enemy has convinced us that God does not care and he will not answer. Oh, I've talked to people. I know that the enemy uses that tactic all the time. If God allowed this, loved you, why would he allow you to go through this? But I feel in the Holy Ghost, and as I was preparing for this, I, 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 I know that there are those of us that are in this room tonight that there are some things that have been dormant for a long time and the Lord is trying to speak and trying to reach to you tonight that you can have a miracle in a fruitful place tonight. That it is time to just speak to it and say, arise, the Lord is with me. It's time to get up, faith, whatever it is, whatever it is, you know what you need and you know where you're at. And it may not be for everybody. But the Lord is speaking to somebody tonight that it is time to look at whatever is lying there dormant and lying there diseased and palsied and lying there paralyzed and saying, it's time to arise. Jesus the Christ heals you. And I feel in the Holy Ghost tonight that there is going to be a breakthrough for someone in this place. You've been dealing with something for eight years, 10 years, 15 years, I don't know. But you can leave here tonight knowing that Jesus, that there are miracles in this fruitful place. You see, it wasn't the man's faith. We don't read anything about his faith. We don't read anything about him saying, have mercy on me. We don't read anything about him saying, I want to be healed. We don't read anything about that. Instead, the writer just says, Peter looked at him and said, arise. And you're in a fruitful place tonight because there are brothers and sisters in this house that will partner with you if you are in need. And they, you may not be able to say, I believe that God can, but there's, there are brothers and sisters in this room that say, you know what, I've seen God do it before. He can do it again right now. So as we stand all across this place, I believe that God's getting ready to do something. There are gonna be transformational things that happen in this service here in just a few moments. It may be a physical miracle that you need in your body. But I don't believe that that's the vast majority. I believe that what the Lord is going to do tonight is restore some faith and some praise that has been dead and dormant for a while. I believe that the Lord is getting ready to bring some paralyzed things that, are, that have been just laying there in a bed, bedridden with sores, and it just it's a mess. And I believe that the Lord is getting ready to restore. I know that the Lord is getting ready to restore. 
And so here's how we're going to handle this altar call. If you have some things in your life that perhaps have been paralyzed or dormant for a while, I want you to just take a prophetic act of faith and step down toward the altar. Not gonna, we're just believing that God's going to bring some stuff back to life. Some things that were paralyzed. Perhaps it's some faith. Perhaps it's some praise. Perhaps it's trust. And if you could, if you want to, just come down to the front of the altar. Just come all the way down to the front. There are those that are coming behind you. Some things that have just, maybe some things that have just slipped. Maybe it's just a, it's just our prayer life. Maybe it's just some things that we just, we really need to pick it back up. What God's getting ready to do is restore to greater than where it was before. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place right now. Here's what we're gonna do for those of you that did not come down, you don't need anything. I want you to file in the body of Christ is gonna operate tonight. So if you could, I want you to come down tonight. And if you're down here, you don't have to tell anybody why it is that you came down here, but the body of Christ is just gonna operate and we're gonna lay hands and we're going to say that it is time to arise. So if you're down here and you need something from the Lord and you're able, I want you to just lift your hands and if you are filing in behind them, I would, I would ask that you please find someone to pray with. Everybody that came down should have someone behind them praying for them. Let's link up. Come on, that's it. Let's just let the body operate for just a moment right now. That's it. Just lift our voices all across this place right now. We're going to release the word of faith here in just a moment. that has been paralyzed right now by the authority of the Word of God and the power that is in the name of Jesus. I command you by Jesus' name to arise and to receive your miracle right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, right now, let faith begin to flow. Let faith begin to flow, oh Lord. Let faith begin to flow, 